Washington has tons of self-imposed deadlines. Right now, we're heading towards a collision of three of them. The first comes up on September 27th, by which Congress and the House specifically has said it needs to pass an infrastructure bill. That's policy reporter Tony Rahm. And then just a few days later on September 30th, if Congress doesn't act, then the government's funding is going to run out. And the third comes at some unspecified point in October, at which point Congress either needs to raise or suspend the debt ceiling, or we could see the U.S. face this unprecedented situation of a default, which could cause immense international global repercussions. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Emma Chalkoff. It's Thursday, September 23rd. Today, we'll talk to Tony about the holdup in Congress. If lawmakers blow past their deadlines, the government will run out of money, and the country could default on its debt. That could lead to all these consequences we can't even really predict. The first deadline, getting a huge infrastructure bill passed. That's supposed to fix things like roads and bridges. Next, Congress needs to agree on how to fund the government. Otherwise, it will shut down. And just today, the White House told federal agencies to prepare for that reality. Finally, Congress has to decide whether or not to raise the debt ceiling, or else nearly 50 million seniors might not get their Social Security checks on time. And if Congress doesn't raise or suspend that debt ceiling, then the U.S. essentially can't pay its bills. The government would default. It'd be an unprecedented financial calamity uh, that caused all kinds of horror, not just domestically, but internationally. We have three major deadlines. There's a lot of work that Congress has to do. And for different reasons on all of them, Congress is a bit stuck right now. I'm wondering if you can zoom in a little bit specifically on the debt ceiling and just kind of give us a like explanation of what the debt ceiling is, why it matters and why it exists. It sounds kind of fake. Yeah, the debt ceiling does sound like a bit of a strange phrase, but it essentially allows the U.S. government to take out debt in order to pay its bills. You know, we know that the U.S. government spends into the red, but in order to do that, they have to set what is essentially called the debt ceiling. It's the borrowing limit for the U.S. government. Now, for uh, the last couple of years, the U.S. has had an agreement in place that suspended the debt ceiling. That expired, however, at the end of July. And so essentially, the U.S. Treasury has been taking all kinds of extraordinary measures, as it calls, uh, to continue to spend money, to spend the cash reserves it has, and so forth. But at some point, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen tells us that the U.S. government will run out of that money. It would be utterly unprecedented in American history for the United States government to default on its legal obligations. Um, I believe it would precipitate a financial crisis. It would threaten the jobs and savings of Americans um, and at a time when we're still uh, recovering from the COVID pandemic. I would plead with Congress simply to protect the full faith and credit of the United States by acting to raise or suspend the debt limit as soon as possible. There's just nothing more that the U.S. can do. And so at that point, the U.S. has two options. Either it needs to raise or suspend the debt ceiling again, or it could risk a default. And if that happens, if default happens, it'd be the first time in the history of the country, and it would be catastrophic. It could send not just the U.S. into a recession, but it could affect global markets because of how so many countries depend on our economy. It's just untrodden financial territory, and no one wants to see the U.S. go there. But there's been this huge fight between Democrats and Republicans over how we should raise or suspend the debt ceiling. 
that really stems from a Republican opposition to President Biden's economic agenda. So we're really seeing that political fight play out on Capitol Hill, even though both parties insist that they don't want the U.S. to default. And can you explain like how the these two deadlines, the deadline around the debt ceiling, the deadline around the government shutdown, have become intertwined? These two deadlines got fused together because Democrats were trying to move one bill for the sake of expediency. They took the measure to fund the government, uh, which would do so until early December, and combined it with a suspension of the debt ceiling into 2022. They put those into one package and they moved it through the House, and the House voted on that successfully earlier this week. The problem is Republicans don't support it. Republicans have said that they don't want to vote on anything to raise or suspend the debt ceiling because they don't agree with President Biden's trillions of dollars in spending as part of that infrastructure package and as part of this additional $3.5 trillion package uh, that would improve social safety net programs here in the U.S. Let me be crystal clear about this. Republicans are united in opposition to raising the debt ceiling, not because it doesn't need to be done. So I want to make sure everybody clearly understands this. They essentially don't want to take out the debt to pay for the things that Biden wants to pay for. Now, it's a little bit more complicated than that, right? It's some of the debt that we're talking about are bills that Republicans helped rack up. So some of what you're hearing from Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is a little bit inaccurate here. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day because Republicans have said they're not going to supply the votes. And without the votes, Democrats in the Senate cannot move, at least as of right now, to advance this bill that would keep the government open and to raise and suspend the debt ceiling. Not doing the debt ceiling in a bipartisan way has been considered unthinkable because the consequences for the economy, for the American people, for our standing on the world stage would be too severe. So Democrats essentially have two choices going forward. They can play this out to the end, putting us in a shutdown, potentially risking the debt limit if it goes into October, or they can take other maneuvers to try to address this. And for lots of political reasons, Democrats have been recalcitrant about doing so. So this is why we find ourselves in a very strange place right now where, you know, both parties will say they don't want us to reach default, but Republicans are kind of putting us in that dangerous place because of their political opposition to Biden's agenda. And you've kind of hinted at this, but what happens for average people if we don't meet these deadlines, especially the one related to the government next week? Yeah, if the U.S. government doesn't fund itself, basically, if we have a shutdown at the end of next week, there could be a wide array of effects. Uh, the exact ones this time we don't know because it really does kind of rest on the Biden administration to tell us what can and can't stay open. And the Office of Management and Budget hasn't done that yet. But historically, we've had plenty of shutdowns. And so we know a little bit about what they look like. In the worst case scenario, it shuts down agencies that do a lot of work in the legal space on homeland security, on health. You know, it could delay social security benefits. It could close national parks. It could leave millions of federal employees without pay. And they may never see those paychecks, by the way, unless Congress acts down the line. Uh, but exactly whether that would happen here would really depend on what the Biden administration is or isn't able to keep open, which is a tough decision, especially in a pandemic. Uh, we, we've never really had, for obvious reasons, a shutdown during a pandemic. Uh, in terms of a debt ceiling, if the U.S. breaches that limit, if we don't do anything by that X date, as they call it, later in October, the short answer is we don't know what would happen because this has never occurred. There's nothing we can point to in the history of the U.S. that tells us if we cross this threshold, here's the economic calamity that will ensue. But everybody we talk to, 
the president, treasury secretary, everybody right on down says it would be catastrophic. It could probably thrust us into another recession and it would cause a global economic meltdown. Defaulting on the national debt should be regarded as unthinkable. Failing to increase the debt limit would have absolutely catastrophic economic consequences. And for evidence of this, they point to the last time that the U.S. found itself playing this game of bricksmanship, when Republicans about a decade ago did not want to raise the debt ceiling. Now, the president says, uh, I'm not going to negotiate. Well, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't work that way. We're not going to ignore Washington's spending problem, and we're not going to accept this new normal of a weak economy, no new jobs, and shrinking wages. And even the mere possibility that the U.S. could default rattled global markets. Everything went tumbling. So there's a concern that that could happen again here. And given the aftermath of the pandemic, that could be pretty significant. Yeah, the timing seems bad. I mean, I'm thinking of things that the government is doing right now that seem incredibly critical, like COVID tracking, COVID relief, hurricane relief, things like that. Do we know what will happen to those very critical services if there is a shutdown? You know, the government has the ability to keep open essential services. There's nothing that leads us to believe that FEMA and the FDA and the CDC are not essential services, given the hurricanes that we just dealt with and the coronavirus pandemic that continues to sweep the country. I think a lot of those things would continue. I think the bigger question is, what happens to all of the relief money that Congress passed uh, not too many months ago to help people who are struggling during the pandemic? A lot of that money depends on federal agencies that perhaps could not continue doing the work they need to do to get that aid out expediently. Those are kinds of the questions that we're all grappling with, but we really won't know the answer to them until sometime next week. And again, this could all be prevented. Democrats and Republicans still could pass a short-term resolution that keeps the government funded. And there would be Republican support for that, by the way. You know, Republicans have said the only thing that they oppose is the debt ceiling. They don't want to close the government. So we could see a resolution at the end of this week that kind of forestalls the awfulness that we're talking about now. Uh, It's just going to depend on Democrats and Republicans actually getting it together. Yeah, on that note, I mean, I feel like I have kind of some deja vu whenever we talk about a government shutdown because it seems like every few years there's either the looming possibility of one or one actually happens, like did three years ago under President Trump. I'm wondering, can you explain, like, why this keeps happening, why it keeps being allowed to happen, given that it's sort of a set deadline that we can always see coming, you know, down the pike along with in advance, and yet we always seem to find ourselves here? Yeah, well, I think it starts with the with the deadline you just mentioned. It doesn't have to work the way it currently works. I mean, if, if Congress does what it's supposed to do, sometime at the end of the fiscal year, it will have passed about 12 appropriations bills that fund every component of the federal government until the next fiscal year. And Congress is generally really bad about that. It doesn't pass those bills in time. And so when you don't pass those bills in time, then you have to do things called continuing resolutions, which is what we're talking about now. And that keeps the government open for a few weeks or a few months while Congress cleans up all the other stuff. Congress tends to operate on deadlines, and so when those deadlines start to appear, then you start to see lawmakers making demands about all kinds of other stuff uh, that they have to tackle because they know it's a must-pass bill. And so that's sort of part of the thinking behind the addition of the debt ceiling here. Lawmakers already have to fund the government, so why not add it here? You know, you have one shot. You can kind of take care of everything you need to. But as you can see, when there are deadlines, when there are lots of high political stakes around something, that's when you get all the big bickering. Uh, And so that's kind of why we are where we are. 
Earlier this week, the House of Representatives passed a bill to temporarily fund the government and to suspend the debt limit. But as Tony mentioned, that legislation is very likely to fail in the Senate. If lawmakers can't come to an agreement by the end of the month, the entire government will shut down on October 1st. After the break, how the government could fix the problems it's created. We'll be right back. Where is President Biden on all of this? Well, President Biden has made very clear that he doesn't want to see any of these bad things happen. You know, he has called on Congress to fund the government. He has called on Congress to address the debt ceiling. He has said it would be catastrophic if they don't address the debt ceiling by October. And at the same time, he's trying to rescue his political agenda. Because for every day that we spend talking about these things, like the debt ceiling and funding the government, is a day that we're not talking about things like the $1 trillion infrastructure bill or the up to $3.5 trillion tax and spending bill that Biden would like to see sent to his desk before the end of the year. And so he just had Democrats at the White House just yesterday. He's going to have some Democrats at the White House throughout the rest of this week because he's got to simultaneously manage both of these issues and kind of keep all of his party on the same page, working towards the spending while, you know, really running the day-to-day functions of government. Hmm. So Tony, what are you going to be watching for in the next few days as we get closer and closer to these deadlines? There are two big things I'm watching for this week. The first is, do lawmakers postpone the September 27th vote on infrastructure? The reason we have this deadline is because of a commitment that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made to a bunch of centrist Democrats uh, who were holding up a different portion of the the policy fight uh, because they wanted a faster vote on infrastructure. And so she said, okay, let's do September 27th. And then that created this weird situation within the party where centrists wanted the September 27th vote and 100 plus progressives were saying, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to vote on infrastructure until we finish the $3.5 trillion bill, which is clearly not finished. So many of those progressives have said, we're not going to vote for infrastructure. Nancy Pelosi potentially has the you know possibility that this could come to the floor on Monday and simply not have enough votes to pass. So it's unclear if they're going to postpone the September 27th vote. And is that going to anger moderates if they do so? So dealing with that date is going to be a serious headache uh, for Democrats and for the White House in the next couple of days. And then the second thing is, what are Democrats going to do about keeping the government open? As we understand it, the Senate is probably going to vote on Monday on this House-passed bill that funds the government and raises the debt ceiling. And it is going to fail. Like, like there is no doubt that that bill is going to fail. Republicans have said they're going to oppose it. There's just no way for it to pass. And so then it's like, okay, how many more days are we going to wait before we take the, whatever the next step is? It could be the case that later this week, Democrats say, all right, let's do a short-term measure that keeps the government running for a couple weeks. But we haven't yet heard them articulate plan B because they are so adamant that Republicans need to help them right now. So those two developments will probably come to head in the next couple days. Uh, It's crazy to think there even aren't that many days left in this week, but Democrats really have a short clock right now. Tony Rahm is a congressional economic policy reporter for The Post. And that's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was mixed by Lena Muhammad and produced by Jordan Marie Smith and Renny Stranowski. You can learn more about the stories in today's show at postreports.com and join the conversation online using the hashtag postreports. I'm Emma Talkoff. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.